And on this third Sunday of Advent, we come to adore Him and to turn our attention to joy. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks, Giselle. We turn our attention to joy uh, today in a, in a message uh, in our arrival series entitled Joy for the Journey. How many of you need a little bit of joy for the journey about midway through December? You know, it can be, uh, it can be a challenge. Somebody stopped me uh, as I was greeting folks coming in and said, you know, I'm good. I'm just taking it one day at a time. And, uh, and that's exactly where we need to be. This can be one of the most stressful times of the year. All you've got to do is drive around in the Target parking lot for five minutes to figure that out. I don't know if there are just a lot of people out who aren't used to driving or if there's just a lot more people. It seems like a, a combination of the two. But we do. We turn our attention to the coming of Jesus and the joy uh, that he brought with him this morning. You know, we sing a lot about joy this time of the year. We've sung a lot about it this morning. Uh, joy to the world, joyful, joyful, we adore thee. But what does joy really mean? Ron has already touched on it. I've, I've almost had to stand up and say, don't steal my thunder, brother. What does joy really mean? Honestly, as Ron said, it, it, it defies definition. You know, as I just sat quietly and pondered joy this week, it, it, it completely defies definition. And I did the same thing. I went to Webster, and it just didn't touch the hem of the garment of what Jesus brought into this world. In the Greek, the word for joy is the word kara. It's where we get our words today, charisma charismatic, which also sort of conjure up, you know, certain images and certain feelings. But true joy is so much more than just an outward expression, an outward enthusiasm. It's not an act we produce for the surface. It's an assurance that we pull from the soul. Joy is not happiness. Joy is not happiness. Uh, happiness is based on happenings. Joy is immune to circumstance. It rises from the unchanging, unconquerable presence of Jesus Christ in us. The hope of glory, Paul said. You know, it's been said that happiness is to joy what a drop of water is to the ocean. The angel first announced Jesus' birth to the shepherds outside of Bethlehem with a simple yet profound declaration. It's one of those verses in Luke chapter 2, and if you've got your Bibles with you, let me encourage you to turn there, or if you, you have the Bible on your phone, go ahead and pull that up. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. It's one of those, those verses that can so easily get lost in the sounds of the season, and we can hydroplane over it, and, and it can come in one ear and go out the other, but there's so much richness and, and, and depth and, and really the heart of the gospel lies in this verse, Luke chapter 2, verse 10. The, 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 the angels came to the shepherds in the field, if you'll remember, and as they always do, they announce themselves with this phrase, do not what? Do not be afraid. Said the same thing to Mary. 
said the same thing to Joseph. Do not be afraid, he says to the shepherds. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. That the, the Greek word for good news there is the word evangelion. It's where we get our word evangelical or uh, evangelism, which almost has taken on, you know, a sour tone uh, itself in our culture today. But the, the, the word evangelion literally and only means good news. Good news. And that's what the angel was announcing on that night to the shepherds. Not good news that's going to instantaneously change your circumstances. I don't think these shepherds moved from the fields to the palace after they encountered Jesus. But it's good news that is immune to our circumstances. It's joy for the journey, regardless of the terrain. Freely offered to all in this refrain. You know, as is God's theme surrounding the birth of Jesus, and a theme that we have picked up on in this arrival series, joy shows up in the least likely place to the least likely people. The Messiah wasn't first announced to the religious elite in the first century. The Word, literally, Christ in the flesh, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, God incarnate. The Word came first to the least of these. To the least of these. God counts on those everybody else counts out. It's a message we see throughout the Scripture. Shepherds were on the lowest social strata of the day. They were despised among the Jews, especially the religious Jews. They were looked at as unclean and unreliable. I guess they forgot where King David had come from. The nature of their work made them ceremonially unclean for worship in the temple because they were literally living with the animals. They were literally living, these shepherds, likely with the animals that would be sacrificed in the temple. And ironically... The work that they did with those animals made them unclean for temple worship in the eyes of the religious folks of the day. And so they were literally separated from God by religious men. Imagine that. They were viewed as second-class citizens. They were deemed unreliable as witnesses in a court of law. Let that process for just a minute. And remember what God was calling them to do here. They were deemed unreliable. They couldn't testify in a court of law. And, and, and it be taken as a reliable witness. And yet God chose them to be the first witnesses of Jesus' birth. Man, if anybody needed a shot of joy in the first century, it was these guys, man. And God knew it. And he met them exactly where they were with the greatest news that mankind would ever receive. And it changed their lives. Their circumstances, again, likely remain the same. 
They still slept outside in the cold. They still had to fight off wild animals that would come after the herd. They still had to search in difficult places for that one sheep that was lost. But after finding Jesus, they found joy for the journey. And it changed everything. Why is that? I believe it's because joy allows us, even in hardship and pain, to see the world through God's frame. It gives us a different lens. Christ in you gives us a different lens to see the world, to see the difficulty, to see the challenges we face. And again, that joy within us is unconquerable. Gives us the capacity, as James said, to no matter what's going on in our lives, to count it all joy. Let me ask you something this morning. Boy, I, I had to consider this deeply myself this week. Would you consider yourself to be a joyful person? Would you consider yourself to be a joyful person? You know, if Christ is in us, we are full of joy. We are joyful people. The question is, are we choosing to be joyful people? And is that joy manifesting in our lives to where others would say, I see it. I see something different in you. I see joy even in the midst of the challenges and the difficulties that you're facing. What is it? That gives you that joy. And that opens a door for us. Where would the word joy fall. If those closest to you made a list of adjectives that described you. Would it be near the top? Would it even be on the list? And I don't know about you. As I was thinking about that this week. Man, the people that I am most drawn to on this planet. Are joyful people. Are joyful people. People who are willing to put a smile on their face or, or, or get up and, and move forward even in the most difficult of times and, and sometimes not even have a smile on their face but just get up and move forward when many would fall back. People who don't wait for the storm to pass but go ahead and dance in the rain. You know, the word joy seems like a soft word, doesn't it? Joy. You don't hear too many tough guys talking about how joyful they are. But you know, that couldn't be further from the truth. There are a few things harder in this world than choosing joy in spite of your circumstances. But when we do, we discover Something beautiful. Nehemiah 8 says this, that the joy of the Lord is our what? Strength. Don't miss that. Man, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord gives us what we need to move through today. To not worry about tomorrow. To love others. Regardless of what's going on in our lives. 
And with that in mind, this Christmas, I want to challenge you to do three things. First and foremost, I want to challenge you to choose joy. Did you know joy is a choice? We get up every day and we have a choice. We have a choice about our attitude. We have a choice whether we're going to choose joy or the alternative. And so I want to challenge you. I want to challenge myself this Christmas to choose joy. Luke chapter 2, when the angels had left the shepherds and gone into heaven, they said to one another, Man, let's go to Bethlehem. And let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And joy is not something you drift into. It's not going to happen naturally. It's a choice. It's a choice. Do you know people you think, man, they were just born that way. I mean, they're almost so joyful they're annoying. I mean, you know, you have people like that? Yeah. They choose to be joyful. Joy is a choice. It's not something that we drift into. The shepherds could have stayed right where they were and continued to live just like they were living after the angels left and said, man, that was cool. But they chose to go to Bethlehem. They chose joy. They chose Jesus. And each of us has to do the same thing. Joy is something we choose It doesn't just magically happen. It's a difficult choice. Because the drift of life takes us in the exact opposite direction. Where do you need to pause right now? And choose joy. What's going on in your life right now? That's on your mind when you get up and it's on your mind when you go to bed. And you need to consciously surrender that thing to the Lord and choose joy. To be able to receive the strength that only He can give you. And maybe it's a family situation. Maybe it's a health issue or a financial challenge. There's so much pressure this time of the year for so many people. Where do you need to just stop right now and choose joy? Joy. Harvard recently conducted a study on happiness. And again, happiness and joy are two different things. We're mindful of that. But they surveyed the entire class of 1980, Harvard grads. And they discovered three things to be true of the happiest people in that class. You know, they set up this survey and this questionnaire and did it scientifically and, and but but the number one thing that they found to be true among the happiest people was that they chose happiness regardless of their circumstances. Wherever they were, whatever they did, they chose to be happy. They chose To have a positive attitude. The second thing that they discovered was this. The happiest people strengthened their closest relationships. They poured into the people they loved. They poured into the people they loved. And the third thing is they took care of themselves. 
physically, emotionally, and spiritually. You know, although happiness is a drop in the bucket of joy, I believe all three of those things apply to joyful people as well. And so this Christmas, when it comes to joy, my challenge to you is choose it. Choose it. This day, no matter what's going on, choose joy. Because joy resides in you if, as Ron says, you have surrendered your life and your heart to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit, the bearer of joy, has taken up residence in your life. And many times He waits for you, for me, to choose joy. Choose it, and secondly, pursue it. Pursue it. Pursue joy. Verse 16, Luke 2. And so the shepherds, after they heard that news, that good news from the angels, the Scripture says they hurried off. Man, they got up and they went. They hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and Jesus who was lying in the manger. Man, if you want joy, you got to get up and you got to go get it. Amen? It's not just going to come to you. A lot of people wait their entire lives for something magically to happen to them so they'll be happy. So they'll be joyful. Man, it starts right here. It's a choice. And it's a choice you have to make, and then you have to every single day pursue it. Paul said, I die daily. Don't wait for people to bring it to you. Man, be a joy maker. Be a joy pursuer. Jesus came a long way to give us this gift But if you'll notice, as we move through the Christmas story, everybody in this story, from the shepherds to the magi, ultimately had to seek Him. Ultimately had to make a journey and pursue Him. They moved toward Him. And we have to do the same thing. And there's so many followers of Jesus Christ that have been following Jesus for 25, 35, 40 years, but they've stayed in the exact same place. Because they're not pursuing Him daily. And that's where joy is found. And we have to actively pursue it. We have to engage with Jesus. We have to to spend time with Him. We've got to foster that relationship if we're going to experience the joy that He brings. Be a joy pursuer. Man, what field do you need to hurry out of this morning to find joy? Where do you need to get up and go? The news came to the shepherds. In the midst of the monotony, these guys had the most monotonous living. Just doing research on shepherds, I mean, they just lived outside. They were hardly ever around anybody else. These shepherds who were outside, you know, of the area where temple sacrifices would be made and what have you, there were several times, or a lot of times there would be a number of them there because the herds were so big, but normally they lived this just solitary life all by themselves. And this news comes to them in the midst of that monotony. Same deal, different day. Same deal, different day. 
We all get into that rut. But when they heard it, man, they didn't let it pass. They responded with urgency. They pursued joy. They found Jesus. And their lives were changed forever. Man, we've all heard, in this culture, we have all heard the good news. The only question is, have we responded to it? Have we chosen Jesus, and are we pursuing Him? And have you responded with urgency? With urgency to the good news of Jesus Christ? Have you found Him like the shepherds did? And if so, are you continuing to pursue the joy He brings? And there's one key indicator, I believe, uh, of that. And that's sharing it with others. The joy of Jesus is not something we hoard and hide. It's not something we put a shade over. It's something that we open up and share with other people. And is joy jumping off of you? I love to be around those people. Is joy jumping off of you onto other people? And this Christmas, choose joy, pursue joy, and share joy. Share joy. When they had seen him, the shepherds show up in the stable, see the manger, see Jesus. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what they said to them. And the joy of Jesus changed their lives, and they couldn't help but share it. Solitary men who spent months on end by themselves. They weren't social butterflies. Exactly the opposite. But joy moved them beyond themselves, beyond the box the world had put them in. And they became the first witnesses to the birth of the Messiah. Mother Teresa, who knew a little bit about finding joy in challenging circumstances, said this. She said, joy is a net of love by which you can catch souls. Don't you love that? It's attractive. It's contagious. It draws people in because every heart longs is created for the joy of the Lord. The joy of Jesus comes as the weight of sin lifts and your soul finds rest. Fully forgiven. Entirely accepted. Eternally secure. Man, the beautiful thing is the more we share that joy, the more we experience it. There's a correlating factor there. And so this third Sunday of Advent, I want to leave you with this to ponder as the worship team comes. Joy is a perfume you cannot pour on others without getting a few drops on yourself. Choose to pour that joy on others. 
this Christmas season and see if you don't find strength yourself in the joy of the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, we we sing about it, we talk about it, Father, but as as Ron said, do do we experience it? Well, we know joy resides within us, and it is our strength. And I pray today, Lord, for uh, each and every person in this room that we would embrace the joy that Jesus has brought. We would embrace Jesus himself. And if there's anyone here, Lord, who has not surrendered their life to Jesus, has not accepted the free gift of forgiveness that he offers, the eternal life that comes when we embrace him and the Holy Spirit comes to reside within us, I pray, as Ron prayed, that today would be the day. What better time to give your life to Christ than Christmas time? But, Lord, I I thank you that you have made it possible for joy to be present in our lives regardless of what we're experiencing, regardless of what we're going through. I have seen it time and time again in the lives of those who should have no joy, and yet your joy is bubbling up in their lives. And we thank you for that. And, Lord, we pray that you would give each of us the capacity to choose joy, to pursue joy, and to share joy this Christmas. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.